You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. I'm Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. Every once in a while, someone will ask me about how my show on creativity is going. I get it. I think we naturally entwine the two, curiosity and creativity, as if we feel almost instinctively that they're somehow deeply codependent. And that's what we're going to look at this week, that interaction, that interplay. Leo Burnett, the great ad man of the 1950s, said, Curiosity about life in all of its aspects is still the secret of great creative people. He wasn't alone in that opinion. Writers, musicians, visual artists, they all speak to how important curiosity is in the creative process. And some people have been trying to do some research in this area. Tomas Chamorro has been trying to figure out um, what that relationship is, and he's created an online tool called the Curiosity Profile. It's 27 questions and provides a quick analysis at the end that's actually pretty interesting. So fear not, I have it on our Facebook page. Um, you can take the profile and see what you can learn about your own level of curiosity and creativity. Tomorrow's worked with um, Sophie von Strum and Benedict Hell to look at intellectual curiosity, and they found that people with what they call a higher curiosity quotient are generally more tolerant of ambiguity and have higher levels of intellectual investment, That's that they're willing to work hard to collect knowledge over a long haul. So being curious helps in academics. Certainly Coach Pond thought so in our first show. But does it help in the arts? I think of Leonardo da Vinci, who is famous for his pleading, Dimi, Dimi, tell me, tell me. The man was voracious. He wanted to know everything. And then he plowed all that information back into his inventions and painting and sculpture. Tomorrow and his colleagues call that hungry mind, which reminds me of a certain insatiable caterpillar eating its way through apples and ice cream cones. And I like that caterpillar image, too, because all that appetite, all that curious consumption leads to this beautiful, transformative, creative process. But then, how do these things connect? Does curiosity feed creativity? Is it the other way around? Can you even have one without the other? And what happens if you turn the question sideways and just get curious about creativity, which is what I decided to do? I headed for Penrose Square on Columbia Pike, where two enormous, elegant stone structures play homage to radio seem like the thing to do. It is, I am told, the only art installation in the county built specifically around sound. The gigantic granite blocks sit facing each other on the plaza like, like huge striped bookends with big dimples carved in them. The bands of light and dark stone are meant to represent radio waves, but to me, they evoke the layers of sound, the traffic, the people, construction, birds that envelop this site that is built on a whisper. That's how it works. You whisper into one carved parabola, and despite all the noise around you, someone standing by the other across the plaza can hear you. Angela Adams and Deirdre Ellen of Arlington's Public Art Program met me at Penrose Square, and they explained that the artist, Richard Deutsch, 
designed Echo to be interactive. He wanted people to get curious about his creation. Every time that I've been here, there's always chairs set up. And we're not putting those chairs there. It's not part of the installation. It's not part of the installation. It's kids. And I've actually, we had an event here called Yoga Inspired by Sculpture several weeks ago. And I got to the site a little bit early. And I moved the chairs, which are quite heavy. I moved the chairs. I put them back on, around a table. Five minutes later, these little kids were moving them back in place so that they can play the sound game. So can we try it out? Let's do it. Sure. Okay. I'm gonna be like kid size. Oh, no, wait a minute. I can hear you. If I come down, oh, wow. If you lean in. If I come in there. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, I'm gonna go on your side of here. It's really interesting to be, you know, kind of halfway into what looks to me like a stone egg. Yeah. And have sound coming at you in stereo. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, I can see why the kids bring the chairs up. <laughs> but that's a cool, you know, yeah. sort of experimenting with it. Yeah. You know, just even for us figuring out. Yeah. Which is fun. Oh, which works. is fun. Yeah. yeah. Where, are you? Where am I hearing you? Yeah. It's really cool because when she was speaking, I was capturing her okay. sound over here really well on the microphone. Oh, really? So that's, oh, that's, that's going to be oh, a really perfect. good example that's for good. audio. Oh, that's oh, great. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I'm so glad I asked. Yeah. <laughs> you can learn more about all of Arlington's art at publicart.arlingtonva.us. Definitely check out the brochures for the two walking tours of art around the county. And listen in to Karen's calendar for other great leads right here on WERA every Friday at 1230. You know, choose to be curious. Let us know what you find. Sculpture, concerts, whatever. Let us know what creative places your curiosity takes you and the sounds you hear or make. Put it on Facebook or Twitter, hashtag MySoundscape. You're listening to WERA 96.7 FM. This is Choose to be Curious. I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and I'm really excited to have A.J. Smith with me today to help me dig into this creativity stuff. Can't seem to stop myself feels like going back in time. AJ is a songwriter, musician, and wonderful performer. He's a Northern Virginia native, just completed graduate work in songwriting at NYU, which he somehow managed to combine with performing and producing a hot new music video, of course, links on Facebook. And if you were paying attention, you heard him on the June 17th show of Voices in the DMV. If you didn't catch it live, Definitely catch it online. And now he's here with us. AJ, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's great. I'm just delighted to have you here. I vividly remember the moment I knew I wanted to interview you for this show. Um, You were performing at Jamming Java in Vienna, and it was a bitterly cold night. And just about anything that could go wrong was going wrong. <laughs> Evening, you remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and um, at some point, you know, you put down the guitar with the broken strings and you had your hand was bandaged. And I mean, it was just one thing after another. Blood everywhere. But oh. you just, right, you just moved into this improv in the moment. And I was so struck at how much attention you had so clearly been paying to what was kind of going on around you, not just for you, but for the audience as well. And I thought, this is a hungry mind in action. 
Do you do you see it that way? Is creativity about having a hungry mind? I'm definitely the hungry caterpillar. <laughs> um, and I actually, I gave a TED talk about something very similar at NYU about how we always try to look to explain the unexplainable. Uh-huh. And to that's kind of my philosophy of life in a way. I mean, if you think back to, we now call them myths, but it was really ancient Roman religion. Um, and ancient Greek religion, and you had the sun moving across the sky, not because the earth was orbiting on its axis, but rather because the god Helios was pulling it behind his chariot. And similarly, we go to try to explain things in our everyday lives as well. Um, You know, why did someone come out to my show? What drove them to come out? How can I then figure out what their story is? What are they inspired to come and see music live because something has recently happened in their life? Mm-hmm. You know, what can I do to connect with that person? And I try to explain those things that you, you can't without conversation. You can't without just digging in. So you're really, I mean, I think we all know this about music, but, but you're really a storyteller. And oh. you're, you see stories everywhere, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because there, there is a story behind everything. I mean, just like that creative and curious mind will see the story behind a rock or a piece of paper, I see stories behind every relationship and behind every person. You know, I didn't know you'd done a TED Talk. That's very cool. We'll put that on the Facebook page as well. But I did read some of your blog, and you wrote that writing is rewriting, and a story is never finished. I was struck because Drew Cosley said almost exactly the same thing, a story is never finished, when he was on the show talking about journalism. And so is that a function of, of creativity? Is that because you stay curious about the story? What is that? Probably perfectionism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Though there is definitely a huge degree of curiosity in that practice as mm-hmm. well. Uh, you know, how can you better convey an emotion, a feeling, an idea, a story? Mm-hmm. Um, and even I mean, just in journalism, just because the words have been on the page, they've been printed and released, doesn't mean that you can't follow up. It's similar with a song. Just because you've told a story before, it's recorded, it's on the album, it's on iTunes, people are listening to it on Spotify. Even at that point, the song is not done. Mm-hmm. Because every time that you go and play it live, you can add something new. You can take something from the audience and feed off of what they seem to be enjoying and add that into your song. And any stage at any point in time is completely different than any other. So that's interesting. I never really thought about that. I mean, that speaks to what you what I saw as your improv. But do you do that? regularly in your songs? Do they, are your live performances sort of varied in that way? Absolutely. I mean, there's always constants. You know, Uh we have, uh, like, for example, if I'm touring with just a couple other people, then I'll pre-record in backing tracks Uh to sort of fill the space if we're going to be in a larger room. And those things will always stay the same because it's pre-recorded. But we can also trigger them at any time that we want. We can decide, you know what, the audience is really enjoying this jam right now. Uh, They're really loving this guitar solo. I'm going to extend it for another eight bars. Uh And if they do that, then I just have to signal to my band. And sometimes if it's guys that I've been playing with for a long time, which I have been with the guys that I'm touring with now, I don't even have to look at them. They can feel it. They just know. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I think of that as being curious about sort of being attentive to the audience. Other people might describe that as as um, as simply being attentive, or it sounds like simply being a good performer. That you're very attached and attentive to what's going on in the space. Sure, and I think that that comes from experience. But just how I mean, as 
a good scientist or a good writer. They know which questions to ask. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing on stage. You have to know when is the right time to, to bring in a new element. Because especially if you are shopping around a new album and a majority of your audience has never heard your music before. So if I'm opening for Lindsey Sterling or something like that, then I know that I'm playing to a majority of her audience as opposed to, to mine. So I am not going to change up how I do the melody of a chorus mm -hmm. until maybe the very last time after it's gotten so stuck in their heads that they remember it the way that it's supposed to be. Right. I like that about sort of knowing the questions to ask um, of yourself in, in the performance. That's terrific. Susan Sontag wrote, um, do stuff, be clenched, curious, not waiting for inspiration's shove or society's kiss on your forehead. Is she right? Is that how creativity works? I love that. <laughs> it's actually Leonard Cohen, a uh, songwriter, mm -hmm. he talked a lot about how songwriting itself is just plain hard work and that a song actually is almost like a living, breathing thing on its own, and it doesn't always reveal itself quickly during that writing process. And to take the easy path where you only write for an hour, you consider it well done, you record, you release, you never touch it again, well, that's like leaving a diamond uncut. Mm. You know, No one will be able to see how it can actually shine and ap appreciate that true beauty that's mm. within. And in taking that extra effort, the days you spend, I mean, sometimes I will bang my head against the wall for an hour just trying to pick one verb over another. And it's it's that effort that can make a song survive and it, it makes it its own independent being. And Leonard Cohen, what he said was um, that effort has a certain nourishment, speaking of hungry caterpillars, oh, yeah. um, because the, the mental physique is muscular. And it gives you a certain stride as you walk about the dismal landscape of your inner thoughts. You have a certain kind of tone to your activity. But most of the time, it doesn't help much. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's just hard work. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So what are the questions that you ask yourself when you're trying to find the right word? Well, I always ask myself first, why am I having difficulty finding the right word? Mm -hmm. Why is it difficult for me to express this feeling? Um, you know, so one of my songs, I always use an example, is called True. And I, I wrote that, and I brought it to one of my mentors, Glenn Fry, and I had thought it was a throwaway song. Um, and it was just because I hadn't quite captured that first line, and I was trying to convey um, how sometimes you get so upset over trying to prove yourself that you almost you want to scream into your pillow and mm -hmm. but I couldn't quite capture the the violence of, of 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 misunderstanding and trying to capture that emotion and then trying to create that through song and finally after talking back and forth I was able to find out through myself asking why am I unable to come up with this why is this so difficult why do I want to just go punch my hand into a mirror in order to figure this out? And that's when I came up with it. Mm. And the opening line is, I tried to break my hands to stop writing songs for you. I had to break my hands to stop writing songs for you. Had to prove myself a man, but only found I was a fool. 
I remember at your concert, you shared that one of the songs was inspired by maybe it was a young cousin or something um, and a book or a bedtime story or routine right. that you had. Do you ask yourself questions as you go about kind of what's the story here? What's the, sto- the song here? So even though most of my songs are in the first person, I don't necessarily consider most of them to be from my perspective. Mm. I actually en- envision, and I think when that's I probably write a them, question that people always have is like, is he talking about himself? Is he talking about me? <laughs> do I know him? <laughs> yeah, and then they, they always do that deep dive into the lyrics. What did he really mean by that? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's um, you're so vain. You probably think this song is about you, right? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> you know, but I find that it's actually more effective for me to almost have an out-of-body experience when I'm writing, and I start to separate oh, myself from the character in the song. So I've never actually tried to break my hands in order to stop writing songs for anybody. But then mm-hmm. I think, you know, that is such an interesting character, someone who is so anguished that they are doing this. How can I occupy that space? Uh-huh. And I start trying to think from their perspective, and I, I ask myself, what would I do if I were in that person's shoes? Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you really get to those in really incredible questions that can allow the song, like Leonard Cohen was saying, to reveal itself. It sounds like you've been fortunate to have some really great mentors to learn from. Tell me some of the insights from oh, those experiences. I was so blessed to work at NYU, um, is where I first met um, Phil Goldston, Roseanne Cash, and actually through that program, I, I also met Glenn Fry, who recently passed away. And, um, you know, even though Phil Goldston, for example, may not be a household name, you've, if you've heard of Vanessa Williams, you've heard mm-hmm. his work. If, you've, mm-hmm. um, if you don't know Saida Garrett, then if you've heard Michael Jackson, you know hers as well. So it was really neat These are to, the geniuses behind the geniuses, exactly. right? Yeah. And it was, it was really fascinating to get to, to meet all of these different people, some who are both on stage and off, in order to get this glimpse into what they what their world was like and every creative process was a bit different uh-huh. but there were some major takeaways and I the the biggest takeaway that I had was actually working with Glenn and it was the concept of songwriting as putting big ideas into small places I love that line that was in your blog it's right what a great well I mean because that really captures everything right yeah. I mean and that's that's what you do in storytelling um, you're trying to take maybe uh, an entire relationship and put it into three and a half minutes of music. Mm-hmm. And how can you possibly do that? You can't talk about all the different times that you had a certain smile or a certain effect on somebody else, but you can take some of the most important aspects and then try to convey those to someone else. And you know it's really important too because when you turn on the radio, you don't usually get unless it's in a talk segment like this, the backstory behind someone's creative process or behind that song. But what you do get is that three and a half minutes. And so as a writer, you have to make sure that you convey everything that you possibly can in that time. Right. It's really valuable real estate, isn't it? Right. And knowing what to leave out, too. Exactly. Well, you know, so I was wondering about that. Does does curiosity ever get in the way of the creative process or or vice versa? You know, they they can actually definitely get in the way of of each Mm -hmm. other Um, because curiosity and creativity can be distracting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they are in service to help explore 
those darker areas of the unknown. But that's the problem with the unknown is that it's this dark, vast place. Right. You don't know how you far don't it's see the edge. <laughs> right. Exactly. And sometimes it's it's very important to set constraints because. If you let yourself just start to ask too many questions, like if I'm writing a song about um, a guy who has been dealing with issues of of his own self and his self doubt, uh-huh. um, and I start asking why, okay, well now I have I want to cover that territory, and maybe it's the relationship with that character's parents, or maybe it's with that the character had a pet, or maybe it was with a best friend. Usually, in three and a half minutes, it's too much to go into every single one mm-hmm. of those aspects. Mm-hmm. And rather, it's more important to focus on one and be able to really convey that story fully rather than try to skim along the surface of all these others. Oh. Well, that is a great segue. We're going to focus on one, and we're going to get a little creative here about right. curiosity. I told you this was coming, right? <laughs> so this is the big jar of wannabe analogies. Help yourself to a little All slip right. there. I'm going to look. I'll look. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get one, too. Okay. <clears throat> and we're going to each do... Um, oops. Drop mine. Um, we're going to each do an analogy to curiosity with whatever word is on the paper. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Why don't you show me the way? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Mine says dog's nose. Uh, Curiosity is like a dog's nose because it gets into everything. Okay. Okay. Your turn. (laughs) Mine is uh, peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's great because I'm starving right now. So now I'm I'm even even more hungry. Um, But... Curiosity is like peanut butter because once you take a bite of it, it sticks to the roof of your mouth and you want more. And it doesn't leave no matter how hard you try to make it go away. (laughs) That's great. So we also had an audience member ask um, for the audience listeners to have an analogy. And listeners, are you ready? Your analogy is curiosity is like Pop-Tarts. Oh, mm. interesting. Speaking of food, we're really making you hungry here, right? Oh, yeah. And I want to give a shout out to several people who tweeted responses to our analogy on Breeze. Um, uh, Mary sent one that says, Breeze is always carrying new things my way, which mm. I thought was a really wonderful analogy. So thank you for that, Mary. The big jar of wannabe analogies loves you. Send it on Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. Let us hear what you have to say about Pop-Tarts. And AJ, before I let you go, um, where can people hear your music and learn more about where they might be able to see you live with all your curious, creative self? Well, great to <laughs> great that you asked that i'll actually be back down performing in the northern virginia area again at jam and java it's going to be a phenomenal show um it was last time though i think it was fun and because we will be playing a whole bunch of new material oh, uh, off of my brand new ep which was just released recently it's called brooklyn nights kind of about my time after growing up in northern virginia going to new york learning how to write up there spending a lot of time in brooklyn the relationship Um, that I had where I fell in love there and then um, when that didn't work out um, the songs that came of that I guess Mm. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, it's available now on iTunes Spotify you can find it on my website ajsmithmusic.com great and um, 
I'm really looking forward to coming back again August 18th. I August will be 18th. At Jam and Java. And of course, um, you know, if you didn't catch it, you can catch it um, on demand here at uh, WERA.FM on the Voices of the DMV from the June 17th show. So, lucky you listeners, you get two bites at the AJ Apple. Um, and thank you, AJ, so much. This has really been fun, and I'm hoping I can catch you when you're in town again soon. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it's been really great talking with you. Oh, good. Thank you so much. You're listening to WERALP 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Special thanks to Angela Adams, Deirdre Ellen, Kara O'Donnell, our guest A.J. Smith, and Antonia Villarongo for bringing more creativity into our lives. Do you know something about curiosity? Are you wondering about curiosity? Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Choose to be curious. Don't forget to send us your Pop-Tart analogy, hashtag analogy, and let us know what you discover exploring art and sound around town, hashtag my soundscape. Get creative, and I hope you'll join us again in two weeks when we'll be back to talk about being professionally trained in curiosity. I'm dying to hear what these two have to say. Until then, choose to be curious. Now it's like